This is episode 10 of An Impossible Journey from Vancouver to Switzerland via the Khyber Pass. All right, mom and dad, we are now back and we're on Monday, the 1st of March. I'm going to read a piece of your journal. I'd like you to talk about how you felt at this moment. So it says here, today is the big day. Our bus journey to Istanbul begins. On the way out of Old Delhi, we just about knocked a man off his ox cart, ran into a herd of water buffalo and ran over a dog. That was just the start. <laughs> so what did you feel like getting on the bus? What were your expectations? You know, the big day, you, your journey here is on bus. So going up from New Delhi to Pakistan, through Pakistan to Afghanistan, through Iran, and on up through Turkey <laughs> to Istanbul. So what were you thinking? What were you feeling? What were your expectations of, of this crazy bus journey? I remember I was very excited because it was cheap. There were a bunch of people on it. The bus was full, but it's all the same type of people as we are, same age group, roughly, right? Yeah. All like hippie type, just traveling, not tourists, you know, traveling, uh, take advantage of the cheap fare from Istanbul, from Delhi to Istanbul. Matter of fact, the notice on the YMCA board said, it's eighty dollars going to London, but we only want we wanted to get off in Istanbul, so we we paid seventy dollars. So I remember that. Okay, well, I, I'm I'm pretty sure that I w- probably would have felt um, a bit relaxed because of the train journeys that we'd had that were pretty. Some of them were pretty harrowing, you know, just getting on the trains and getting the tickets and. Uh, you know, having to wait, not knowing which platform, et cetera, et cetera. No more of that. Now we could get on the bus. We could sit there. For and, days, yeah. Yeah, and let somebody else worry about getting us from, you know, from A to B. A to B. And, um, yeah, I, I thought it was probably be nice and easy from, from now on. And also, Rolf, he is always wanting to get the best seat at everywhere, and so um, he did his usual thing of being first in line. Or, uh, and so we, we got the front seat, which was... Right by the door. Really. Yeah, but, yeah. So we... in and right around Yeah, the so we had a, a more, you know, we could stick our legs out, although um, in, there was like a, I don't know, a kind of barrier thing yeah. as so you we, went down the steps to get out of the bus. So, you know, we could stick our legs up on top of that barrier if we wanted yeah. to. But anyway, we were in the front. Yeah, and the other reason is I get car sick. If I sit in the back, the bumping and bouncing. So that's another reason I want always the front. I know exactly what you mean, Dad, because I'm totally the same. When I try and get on it or when I go to get on a bus, I always want that front seat because I cannot be in the back of a bus. 
Well, a bit later on, people complained that we we had the front seat all the time because we kept our seats. Yeah, we we kept those same seats the yeah, whole way. Yeah, going in and out the bus. And yeah, then we stopped, yeah, because you, you know we left our we, broke down. we left our stuff on the the seats and that. But I do remember one time a bit later that one couple had complained bitterly, so we we switched with them for a while. Yeah, not very long though. Okay, so you nearly hit a man on his ox cart, run into a herd of buffalo, run over a dog. I mean, what what did this say to you? Was it a, a kind I of a, a blank? Our driver was fearless. <laughs> I bl- blanked that out of my memory. I didn't remember yeah. that we had all those all those hazards on the yeah. way out the, of Delhi. The bus, <laughs> the, the guy who drove the bus was. Genies keep saying like a typical English teacher type. No, no, guy. he was like a public school boy, English public school, that is, yeah. He had a but, very posh accent. And and physically he was not really big and no. strong. We drive, when you drive a bus like this, you're expecting the driver, you know, to be physically in better shape. Than this guy. Well, uh, he was probably physically okay, but he was just yeah. thin. He yeah. was he yeah. was a, a slightly built young man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah not, not at all what you would be expecting. You know, to be driving a bus across a, and, across Asia, and then he had a, a co-driver. He was was the opposite. You know, he was like had camouflage pants on with all kinds of pockets and thing. He was the the guy who changes tires type of thing. You know. Do you remember the names of the two young men who drove the bus? No, no I don't. You don't I, mention it. No, the 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 younger skinny one. He had a girlfriend with him, and she sat on a box or something. It wasn't a proper seat, but she sat next to him most of the time yeah. um, on whatever contraption this was, because it, well, there wasn't a seat next to the driver's seat, proper seat, but she sat on something next to him. I remember, mm-hmm. so it must have been really uncomfortable. Didn't have a backrest or anything for her, but okay. she sat there most of the time. Okay, so I'm just going to describe the first day on the bus, if you you maybe remember this. So you finally get out of Delhi alive. And I count it, but you have one, not one, not two, not three, but four tires blow out on your first day on the bus. So you didn't even get to the border of Pakistan with India and Pakistan border on the first day because of so many tires blowing out. That's right. Yeah. What yeah. did I mean? How did that make you feel? What was your confidence in the bus by the end of day one? Oh, I was. No, I, I, I know. I was expecting any minute after the first blowout. You know, um, I thought, well, you know, that was that was the one. Then there was the second one, and I was just on tenterhooks waiting for the next thing to happen, and I'm not, <laughs> that started straight away. That the bus, the back tires were like double tires, so if one went in the back, one side, it didn't matter, you know, because there was two tires on each side. So the first two blowouts we were still okay, we could drive, you know. But then the third one, of course, we in. We had to use a spare. Only had one spare. Change that, and the fourth one we had no spare. We were three flat tires, so you can't drive on one tire. So we stopped on the side of the road yeah. and stayed overnight there, uh, laying down, and had visitors from India. The old it was a have busy I re- road. Have I written about that, Jess? You have. So apparently, you're about an hour from the border with Pakistan, and you decide to camp by the road for the night. Mom, you borrow a sleeping bag and sleep outside along with quite a few of the other people. And Dad, you curl up in the bus, apparently. You you stayed and slept in the bus. 
Yeah, Dad, yeah. Dad didn't want to sleep on the ground outside, but I, I felt the, the need to stretch out. You know, if I'd, if you stay on the bus, you can't stretch out. But I, yeah, I did have a sleeping bag. I really I had yeah. felt the need to, um, you know, to just stretch my legs out. And so, yeah, I slept outside. But And, and also somebody, I suppose it was this co-driver, or, or maybe it was the driver. Say? Well, I want to say that they had to go into the nearest village. Yeah, I went with them. Oh, you went. We'll yeah. talk about it then. Yeah, of course. The next day we decided we needed you know, we needed some tires. So it was a quite a busy road, but it's about an hour away from the, the nearest village. So this, all these pickup trucks and big lorries came by. So we said, well, we have to stop one and take us into town to get a tire, then come back, find somebody drive us back. The three of us, the co-driver, me and another guy, went on the road and started stopping these um, pickup trucks. So we drove into town to a, a store, which like a garage had tires and mechanics and all that stuff. And we sat down. I remember the, the guys brought out tea. We sit on the floor, drinking tea, talking to the guy, the owner. We told him we, we brought the old tire with us so we could have the same size. And then um, I remember he asking um, how much money we have for tires. You know, the guy was collecting money, used the bus money from the passengers. And he said, ah, oh, we got $250. And the guy said, oh, that's how much the tire costs. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Oh, that was a schoolboy error. I mean, yeah, yeah I know, it sure I know. was. Yeah. So, Good Lord. so he took all our money. Oh no! For one tire, yeah. You can get a tire cheaper than that today. Yeah, I know. I know that this is just a scam. Anyway, so that's how we got the tire. We had to wait to find somebody to drive us back another hour. Then we had to put the tire on and all this. I remember all that sequence there. Yeah. That's before so, we got into Pakistan. Essentially, you were then so hitchhiking across India to get to this village to get the tire. So eventually yeah. you change the tire, you get you get the tires, you change them, you're back on the bus. In your journal, you mentioned that a little old man arrives on his bicycle outside the bus at the crack of dawn. Can you tell us about that? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, he, he woke us up arriving and carried on something about Florence Nightingale, I remember. I don't know if she was, his, passport. He was his hero or whatever, but, um, yeah, he came to cheer us all up and uh, wake us up at the crack of dawn. And, yeah, it was quite a strange. And, I, you know, I think, oh, my gosh, here I am. Broken down bus in the middle of India somewhere or other, goodness knows where, and, and there arrives this man, a man on a bicycle, you know, carrying on about Florence Nightingale. He, he wanted the passport or something, you, you, talking about yeah, the passport. Yeah, you couldn't have you couldn't have thought this up. I mean, it was just too unreal. So was he claiming to be Florence Nightingale? I don't know. I think he, I seem no, to remember he saying, um, for some reason he's carrying on about Florence Nightingale. I don't know if he was claiming to be her or, um, uh, you know, if, she, if no, he her, spirit, he met, he met her spirit was in him or something yeah, yeah. or other, I don't know. don't know what it was quite. But uh, anyway, it was it was just such a, such a surreal thing to be part of. Absolutely. Yeah. So finally, Dad comes back with the two other men. The tires changed. It's about 1 p.m. now in the afternoon. So you drive through onto Lahore. 
and you arrive in Lahore by the evening and you stay the night in a hotel, including dinner and breakfast, and you had a fabulous hot bath. So that sounds quite nice in the hotel in Lahore. 28 rupees each in the hotel. So quite a bit more than you were spending in India. I don't know if this was the... But that's dinner and breakfast included, so... Yeah, I think this is that. That was a lovely hotel. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember once again, colonial style, lots of wood. Um, yeah, it was um, it was a nice hotel. I remember that. So the next day is Wednesday, the third of March, and you did you got a late start. You didn't get started until about ten thirty. Get on the road, and you drove through some strange canyon type country. Do you remember yeah. the countryside? You arrive at Rawal Rawalpindi. Yeah, around around eight o'clock. So you stay the night in Rawalpindi that evening. So the day, you, it sounds like you were just on the bus all day going through canyon-like country. Yeah, the, the hotel the Rawalpindi was called Prime Hotel for six rupees each. Oh my! And that's then all, that's all I wrote in my diary. <laughs> right. So the bus obviously didn't break down or have a blowout tire on that day. So there's not much no. to write about. The next day you're up early and you continue through the same type of scenery, pass a huge old fort and gradually begin to climb into Peshawar, the city of Peshawar. Mm -hmm. You have lunch in Peshawar. From there, it wasn't far to the famous Khyber Pass. The pass isn't spectacular for its beautiful scenery, but its weird and rocky dry landscape and gun-bearing locals. Yeah. Yeah, they were all along the street especially on top of the Khyber Pass where you get over the top. There's a big archway, you know, saying Khyber Pass, and there's a few houses left and right, but the streets are lined both sides with guys squatting down with... When you say street, I imagine street in a town, but this is just a rough road. Yeah. You know, then the guys are kind of squatting at the at the side with, with their guns. And cross, cross uh, ammunition belts across their chest from both sides, you know, full of ammunition and did automatic thing between their knees that's squatting down, just sitting and chatting. Yeah, it was... All along, you know. So all along the road leading up to and through the Khyber Pass, there were these people, these men with guns. How did that make you feel looking out of the bus as you're driving through and past all of this? Scared. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit disconcerting because yeah. we weren't used to people with guns back then. And on top of the pass is where the border is. That's where you get into Afghanistan. Okay, can you talk to me about arriving and getting to the top of the Khyber Pass? What was it like going through the border from Pakistan into Afghanistan? Uh, remember, we stayed in the bus. Somebody said, don't get off with all these guys sitting there. And the custom guys came and we had to show the lead to get in, you know, to Afghanistan. But we never got off. I remember that. We just looked around right. through the window. Yeah, it was it was a pretty scary place, yeah. actually. Yeah. I mean, they weren't, they weren't, nobody threatened us or anything like that, but just the fact of having them s- squatting there is, with is, these uh, these huge guns. Isn't and the, that where we met that American with the big Chevy the first time we met them up there? And, no, what we, Chevy? A big Chevy, Chevrolet, which I drove later. No, he was Dutch. Or Dutch, yeah. whatever. He's a big guy. So. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't remember. I just remember him later on. And you mentioned forts. You say there are 
forts scattered here and there all along the way. Do you remember seeing these forts at the Khyber Pass and along the way? No, I don't remember forts, but just a horrible, dry, rocky... Desolate look, um, yeah. All the mountains, no trees on it. Desolate landscape, you know, just an unpleasant place. And you write here as a side note, Mom, it's known as the hole in the wall of Pakistan. It's a refuge for robbers, murderers, etc., Oh, oh yeah, that's uh, remember no somebody we did, telling we us. We didn't get yeah. off the bus, yes. So now you've crossed over into Afghanistan. You didn't you write here that you didn't really have any bother at the border. You headed on to Kabul Gorge. Unfortunately, it was dark when we went through the gorge because apparently it's really spectacular to see. So did you were you looking forward to going through the Kabul Gorge and then a bit disappointed that you weren't able to really see it properly? Well, no, sound, I don't sound, think we knew about Well, it sa- sounds as if I was, but, um, you know, maybe the driver had told us about it, something, because he would have come the other way, Rolf, wouldn't he, to yeah, get to Delhi? Yeah. 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 yeah, so you say there was a sheer drop down to a fast-running river on one side and a sheer rock face towering up to the sky on the other. Ooh. Seen in the moonlight, the shadows formed weird, beautiful patterns. Sounds yeah. amazing. It's a it's a shame you didn't get to see. Yeah, it, it is a shame. Yeah, yeah. we probably you know probably from the headlights of the bus we could just see see this. Well, maybe there was moonlight. I don't know. Can't remember. And I'm going to leave it there because the next part of the journal, you arrive into Kabul around ten o'clock at night. Go to a hotel, and we'll pick it back up with that arrival into Kabul, and we can talk about that next time. Now you're you've gone through from. Delhi, Pakistan, to Afghanistan. How were you feeling up to that point on the bus? A couple of blowouts, but generally okay? Well, we, we're lucky that nothing happened since the blowout, you know, because we started to realize it was really a, an old crummy bus. Yeah. You know, but we made it so far. So I guess the crowd, we were really happy with the people in the bus. They were all nice people. They were all chatting with each other. Well, at the beginning, we we all sort of got a bit fed up with each other. I think to, towards the I end, didn't. but uh, and also, you know, the the guys at the back of the bus, they didn't um, interact too much. Well, no, they were smoking pot all yeah. the time. Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, when when we um when we first stopped, Jessica, that night um, when we slept by the roadside, that was the first time that that uh, I think we realised that the Swiss guy had a mongoose. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, I, I re- yes, that that was illegal. He's carried the mongoose yeah, in the bag. He had a, a mongoose in his in his backpack. He was one of these sort of. He always He's had a, Zurich, a, yeah. an animal of some sort, and yes, he had this mongoose with him, and uh, that was the first time we realised that when we and when we kept, stayed the night. When we stopped for food, he kept buying eggs to feed it to the mongoose. Yeah, fresh eggs. So this was a contraband mongoose. Yes, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, probably you weren't supposed to be taking was, orders. At was, I remember the he was hiding it when we came to the custom. Also, in one one place, it got away from the back. It was running on the floor in the bus. He had to try to chase it to catch it. You know, I remember that. Yeah, that sounds dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was a nice little animal. Yeah. Yeah. That ends episode 10. In the next episode, my parents spend four days in Kabul. They explore antique shops, go disco dancing, 
and stop for tea in Kandahar. Join us next time for episode 11. Episode 11.